What is up, everybody? Welcome to a new edition of the Selby's Godcast, your second this week. As Zach is at the winter meetings, and the winter meetings continue, San Diego. I'm TJ Zuppi. He is Zach Meisel. You can follow the show at Selby's Godcast on the Twitters, at TJ Zuppi, at Zach Meisel as well. And of course, we do thank everybody that streams us every single week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and the special handful that helps support the podcast every single month. You are the reason we are here, and you keep us going. Hello, Zach. What is up, brother? So I was having dinner last night, and some fireworks went off near the Winter Meetings Hotel. And I jokingly said, you know, that's that's an indication. I think that means Garrett Cole signed, kind of like the, the Pope in the smoke. Lo and behold, five minutes later, <laughs> everyone finds out Garrett Cole did sign for nine years. So... That's how the winter meetings are going. A little more exciting than normal. Was that actually Garrett Cole setting them off? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what else could that have been? It was like nine nine thirty at night on a Tuesday yeah. in San Diego. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if fireworks are on 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 the normal schedule for the San Diego weather that that they typically have. They can do whatever they want at any time during the year. Uh, unlike here, of course, where just waiting for the snow flurries to fall. And just looking out my window and thinking about all the possibilities of the coming year. You know, the, the sort of thing that Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff are doing in their hotel room as they peer out the window and ponder all of the different moves they could make that can impact the 2020 roster. You've been sitting in on the suite the last couple of days. Give me the, give me the juicy nuggets. And I don't mean the chicken nuggets that were on the table that Antonetti instinctively, I know, told you about. <laughs> so you, you want the perfect encapsulation of... of- the Indians activity at the winter meetings. We've walked into the suite the first two days here and, and Antonetti or Chernoff has pointed at this, this whiteboard that they have and there's three markers sitting on a ledge at the bottom of it. There's an eraser and they point to the whiteboard. It's completely blank. And they say, here's what we've done so far today. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, they're clearly joking. I'm sure there was stuff written on there at some point, but it's, it's true. I mean, it's, it's crazy you see these big market teams linked to these these players who are getting exorbitant contracts, and it's it's wild. Um, and covering the Indians, you know, you never have to even that doesn't have to be a consideration. Uh, so it's you know it's 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 interesting. I feel like the Francisco Lindor situation is going to cloud everything. And we talked about this at length earlier in the week. Um, I guess we're doing some mic checks here. Um, one, two, it, one two one two one two. It's amazing we haven't come up with any better system than mic check, one, two, one, two, two, one, two. Anyway. Can't, so can't recite some Shakespeare or, or entertain us in some other way? I mean, come on. Jesus. We can count it all the way to ten. All right. Anyway, it's, you know, what the Indians are going to eventually do is, is going to happen later this winter. And so it's, it's like we're here now and, and we can chat and we can laugh. Jesus. But, you know, we, we don't have to concern ourselves with most of the free agents and some of the trade targets. <laughs> yeah, or even knowing the ins and outs of, of luxury taxes and right. thresholds and the amount of money that you would have to spend to enter the second level. None of that stuff even remotely enters our, our minds at any single point. Uh, usually it's just perusing other teams' 
top prospect lists and seeing what star on the Indians currently makes sense somewhere else, unfortunately, has been the case for us uh, for the past couple of off-seasons. And we're not going to sit here and rehash all the Lindor stuff. You can go back to the last podcast. Zach kind of shared his thoughts on that and then wrote about it as well. But um, not to put words into your mouth, to wrap it up succinctly, I think your thought was either trade him now or don't fuck around. Actually put some players around him. But you can't do some middle combination of both. Is that fair? Yeah. I I mean, I understand the point of the organization, especially from the front office perspective, is let's get as many stabs at this thing as we can take. And that's, it's perfectly fine and, and understandable. Um, and it's working and the way the farm system is shaping up and, and the young pitching they have, the glut of young infielders they have in the lower levels. I mean, things are working out to where they should have a pretty good team for the foreseeable future. I mean, this is going to sound outrageous to some people, but it's like, I think they plan to contend for the next seven or eight years and that's not far-fetched regardless of what happens with Lindor however you have a top seven or eight player in the league and if you can't trade him and and get a haul for him and it it seems like that's going to be really difficult well then just surround the guy with as good of a team as you can possibly do I mean it's it's it doesn't have to be 150 million dollar payroll it's just if the opportunity arises and I don't know, you can get Starling Marte at a, a trade cost that's palatable. Like, don't let the $11 million salary stand in your way of doing that. You know, if you have a chance to sign either Chad Pinder to be a backup infielder or Cesar Hernandez to throw into the mix, don't let the money difference be what hinders you. So, so that's kind of my issue. And, you know, this doesn't need to be the time where you trim payroll. You should have learned your lesson last year. And it, it's it's frustrating for me to cover because I, I hear from fans who are frustrated and, you know, it's, <laughs> what can we say to them? It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. It doesn't make sense. You know, this isn't the time to do it. Even if you're losing a little bit of money, your payroll is going to be absolutely nothing in two years anyway. And you can save money. You can cut corners then. So, yeah, it, it's, this is your best chance still. You've got the league's longest title drought. You know, what are we doing here? Don't be hindered by Pinder. Nice. I like that. It's a headline idea out there somewhere. Jose Peraza, not as easily rhymable. I, I, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't think that's what you envision when you're talking about, because I certainly don't, when you're talking about surrounding Lindor with more talent, if you went and keep him around. And both are fine reserve, bounce around, utility man types. Uh, but if, Anybody's envisioning 600 plate appearances of either one of those guys? Probably, probably setting the bar lower than than I would have liked. And we spent yeah. we spent weeks talking about the second base market and how this set up pretty well for them to get in the mix and come away with a player that can help them. But as you and I were talking about the the current situation at second base presents the second worst in baseball as far as projections go over at Fangraphs, and it's pretty easy uh, in a situation, and, and nothing is easy when you're, you're, you're bringing in one guy with this projected war and you're replacing other guys. It's not a one-for-one one sort of thing, typically, but when you look at a position that is projected to have a essential 0.0 projected war, whatever you bring in at second base almost just adds to that projected win total 
based on whatever their projected war is. So if it's as Jubal Cabrera, who's nearing a, a two projected war for next year, I think it's 1.8 at last check, 1.8, 1.9, somewhere in that range. You, you're basically adding two wins to your total just by bringing him in. And it's amazing that uh, we, we can be looking at a roster that is so uh, incomplete as of today. And still, they're a little bit ahead in projected war for 2020 than where the Twins are at right now. now I don't think the Twins are going to sit on their hands. Maybe they go get David Price. But it's also not a dire situation that they're in either. And I think it, it can get easy to get caught up in, in, in seeing other teams pick apart the free agent market and, and get these stars, especially the big market ones like the Yankees. And in the moment, it feels like, God, what, what can you do to compete with that? The Indians still have a pretty good team. So there's no – I, I don't look at that as an excuse for them to, to not go out and compete this year. I, I don't see it as that. I don't think it should be that. And I think if you look at the, the World Series winners over the past – 20 years or so i mean you have a lot of yankees you have red sox making it and winning it several times but throughout that there's also plenty of teams like the nationals last year which everyone kind of wrote off halfway through the year and just lost their star that found a way to go out and get it done so i don't see that as it should never be despite all the inequality within the system and in ways this the system could be better i still don't look at that as the the biggest uh a hurdle. I mean, you can clear a hurdle. I don't see it as something that's a complete roadblock. It it should never be that way. Yeah, you know, I, I see... I think the American League is actually going to be more open than it maybe has been the past couple of years. It's weird. You know, the, they're the big bad Yankees again. You know, the, everyone's talking about the Death Star and all your fun Star Wars references that I don't get. But... It's like, yeah, they're, they're like the Indians are, are what, Baby Yoda? But. Sure, <laughs> they're going to be everyone's pick to win the World Series, or at least to get there. But beyond that, I think everybody has some major question marks, and I think that's going to make it fun. I mean, it, you look at the Astros; we don't know what penalties they're going to get yet, what ramifications those will have. They also lost the best pitcher in baseball, um, and, and they've got some guys heading toward free agency. They've got some pitching questions. It's that that team's going to be interesting to watch, um, and I don't think it would be surprising if, if they took a step back. You you think about the Red Sox, who are supremely talented, but trying to trade their best player, and they've got payroll issues, or so they say. Um, so, so they can't really add. You know, they're kind of they've got some issues. Then you look at the Central, and it's like, well, I mean, this could be a three-team race. And it's it's almost like so the White Sox are are making some moves and they'll certainly be better. Their lineup is, is going to be really good, really deep, but they've got they've got so many pitching questions. I mean, I don't know if you could say that they're ready to win ninety games. Um, and then I'm looking at the Twins and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like this is you're supposed to be trying to get better than you were last year and, and capitalize on that. I don't know that you're going to hit three hundred and seven home runs again. Um, and, and your pitching staff proved it wasn't quite as good enough last year um let alone this year so it, it's they're they're weird to me it's just like it's like why if you're the indians you got to capitalize um you know we should mention the rays too they're always going to be interesting and and a thorn in your side but you know if you're the indians it's like take this opportunity 
for once capitalize on the present. And I know they, you know, they'll say they went all in in 2017 and they had Edwin and they had Andrew Miller and they traded for Jay Bruce and that's fine. But you can't just bank on it for one year. Like, I just, I don't know. You kind of took a step back for 2018, took another major step back for 2019. And, you know, are you really going to say we had Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez and this awesome pitching staff and all these guys were paid less than they should have been and and we're still not going to put our best foot forward? That that seems like a waste to me. So it's, I can see how it's frustrating for fans. I mean, yeah. it, you want you want more than one crack at it because we've seen the randomness in October, and, and you can't just bank on that going your way. The thing that's really frustrating is I don't think that they're. It's it's not a like you look at a team like and we talked about this in text. You look at a team like the Angels where it's if they didn't get Garrett Cole, if they don't get Anthony Rendon, what prayer do they have to compete? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not as if. The Indians have to look at it that way. We got to go get this star and plug him in here, or else we're not going to be any good. I guess that was my point: is that they're close enough where it's just a few can be almost subtle moves, right. under the radar moves, but they're just patching holes that you had. Where, if you, as you've talked about before, turning F's into C's, turning a place where you're getting no production at least into league average, and that makes a difference over 162 games. It's not necessarily sexy, and it doesn't sell a ton of tickets. But last year, they got bit in the ass because they didn't have enough depth, and they had too many guys that were earning at-bats that were almost automatic outs in April and sometimes in late September, and you can't get caught in a a position like that ever again. You cannot, in a window in which you, I know there's the bugaboo word, in a place where you're contending, you can't get caught giving guys that are, are, are giving you absolutely nothing offensively that are a, almost like a pitcher spot in your lineup. You can't have that. And so just plugging those holes, having depth, using the, the money that you've got, whatever flexibility it is, and we know it's not a ton, but just making sure that you have throughout your organization enough depth that you're not – that you've got at least enough guys at the bottom of your lineup that are close to average. And just by raising the floor that much, it, it really makes the, the rest of the ro- roster that much better. Now, saying all that, I am all for doing something completely insane. You you scoffed at my idea. In fact, you didn't even reply to it. But we're all the uh, we're all of the the talk for the the Astros need a clear salary. They need a pitcher. The Indians need an infielder and an outfielder. Ah, that's just they just just trade Kluber for Correa and Reddick. Sounds like whoa, everyone gets what they whoa, want. Whoa, everybody gets what they want. I mean, that would be. The a Astros slam for the Indians. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, uh, not completely serious here, but it would save the Astros a couple million bucks. They get Kluber for this year, maybe next year. It solves one of their rotation problems. I know they still need a catcher, but that's not my problem. Give I'm them Eric Haas. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Reddick off your hands for you, huh? I'm just approaching this like I do in HBD where I say, look at this guy. He is just a thorn in your side. You need to get him off your roster immediately. You know what? I'll take him. I'll take him and just give me this other guy too, and I'll help your financial problems. And here, here's a good pitcher. I, I know maybe he used to be a good pitcher, but no, 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 no. Look, his ratings are still pretty good. Just have this guy, and everyone walks away with something they want. I don't think that's uh, anywhere close to doable, but I can dream. No, I I was talking to some Astros people who said, I mean, they're not going to trade Correa. 
it's something they've explored. But you know, the the, the weird thing—it's like, why is a team like that crying poor? I, I don't. W- w- this is the weirdest sport where you have one big market team handing out a three hundred twenty-four million dollar contract, another handing out a two hundred forty-five million dollar contract, a couple other teams saying that they've got to trade star players to get under the luxury tax because it's just, you know, if they have to pay the luxury tax, that's just, oh my God, what are they going to do? And then you've got all these small market teams who are like, like they don't even have to like, think of the time they save knowing that there is no way in hell they're going to sign a free agent who costs more than five or $6 million a year. It's it, it what's what is this sport like what are the dynamics of this i don't know it's just it, it's like part of me playing different leagues part of me believes when 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 the indians give us indications that they're that they're at their capability money wise or that they lose money every single year part of me can maybe understand where they're coming from and then i read other things and i'm like no way you guys are just making money hand over fist there's no way that you aren't just rolling in dough so I don't know, it, and we've talked about this before. Until somebody just sits there and opens up the books and shows us every single thing that that they're doing, well, I don't, I don't always know what to believe. I, I can hear, I can hear one thing and, and kind of compel me to one side of an argument, and then I see something else that I go, no, 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 no way, no, no, no. There's, there's no way that, that that's the case. Otherwise, why, why do so many people clamor to own? Major League Baseball teams, unless it's just mm-hmm. I can get my ring and I can show it off at fancy parties. You know, I, I don't I don't know. Um, and, and like I said, we just kind of op- operate with the speculative nature of diagnosing this. But I, I, well, no, I mean, that's, I that's, mean, that's the main point, though. What's the point? Why do you own a team if you and you're a, I, I hate to just sound like this is Dolan bashing because this is a, a baseball issue. As much or more so, but it's like you're a Cleveland native. You grew up an Indians fan. You certainly want to see them win a World Series. But if 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 it's too much of a financial burden, well, what are you doing? Why do you own this team? I, that, that's the one thing I've never been able to get an answer on. Yeah, no, I I don't know. And in fairness, those that, that point to the overall values of franchises, that's it's not fair to say. Well, this team is worth. Uh, let's just throw a number out a billion dollars and so you're getting a return on your investment because you only paid 200 million dollars for it well that's true that's how uh an investment works but you're not operating with that amount of money on hand you don't get that money until you sell the team so just as far as economics go i don't think that's a good argument but i also see but you know you're gonna get it and no one's asking you to lose 50 million a year here no, until no, no, that day no, no. happens. No, no, I'm not defending. I'm just saying let's Chill. in the interest of Stop fairness. Their water. In the interest of fairness, let's point out how this works. It's not you you don't get that money until you sell the team. Now I have an economics degree from Ohio State, you know. Now now tell me about sunk cost. <laughs> well, sunk costs are what Nick Swisher and Michael Bourne were for <laughs> three years. Yeah. Yes. So much so that them acquiring Spider-Man Chris Johnson landed him in the top five trades of the decade or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that, that is a story that was fit for the Browns more so than the Indians, but um, I digress. What do you think the signings of Strasburg and Cole 
have done to the Corey Kluber market? I think there will soon be interest. I, I think we still need to see where Bumgarner, Ryu, those guys end up. But I, I, the one thing I don't know is I just don't know if it's going to be enough to convince the Indians to make the move now. Um, I, I think there will be teams calling, but you're asking them to pick up $17.5 million this year, which is fine. I mean, we've both agreed. We talked about this last time that you know, that's, that's perfectly reasonable. He would probably get something like that on the free agent market. But to be able to, to, to convince a team to take that and give you something of value, that's going to be tough because I think teams, I don't think they're scared off by the injury, certainly, because it was a freak thing. It had nothing to do with his, his pitching. Yeah, I mean, it's about how he was pitching before that. Exactly. That and, you and would so potentially I, worry about. But, I mean, if I, you look at it, as far as the money goes, he's let's just say the projection, which is 3.4 for next year, war wins above replacement over at Fangraphs. If you just went by, and this is before the Strasburg and Garrett Cole <laughs> extravaganza, um, it was about, I think Eno Saris had put it at about $8 million per, per one war in free agency. And so if, if that's the case, if it's 3.4, then you're still make you still are not, you're still not matching what he is owed next year. You're still creating some surplus value for yourself if you're buying into it being eight million dollars per one war and him being a projected three point four. Sure, it's just you know how this works. I mean, you're, they'd be selling at a low point, and it's it's tough to recoup that value and and. They may decide it makes more sense to trade him in July, similar to what they did with Trevor Bauer. They may determine it makes sense to keep him for the year and pick up his option for 2021 and trade him a year from now. Um, they may decide to keep him and, and trade a young starting pitcher instead. So there's, they have options that gives them some leverage. And I think once some of these free agents sign, a couple more of them, I think there will be phone calls. The, the problem, too, is some teams that would make sense are in your division. I think the Twins and White Sox would be good fits for them. But I don't think you're doing that. So it's it's a little tough. I hate that. If you think you're winning the trade, then make the trade. I agree with you, but the White Sox aren't going to overpay for a guy when they're are- trying to beat that team. I probably would have agreed more with you before Strasburg and Cole came off the board. I guess when there's a, that lingering possibility that, that those guys are still out there and maybe they're in the back of your mind you think, I can go get that guy that's a star-level pitcher. Mm, I'm not n- nearly as desperate. I guess, I guess seem, my point here, like though. the Angels now where they get left and they don't come sure. away with Cole and maybe they don't get Rendon and they still need pitching because their pitching is just – uh, a mess going into 2020. Do they get more desperate? That's where I can see a team start to cave to the Indians. Yeah. Now, a team like the Angels, I don't know that they have what the Indians would desire, but I'm just saying they're they're a team that in my mind kind of sticks out as one that would the desperation would build because they didn't come away with their number one target. Yeah. So let me clarify the what I meant by the division thing is you're right. If you think you're winning the, this the trade you certainly make 
the move, regardless of whether they're in your division or not. We've talked about this before, and, and yeah, I mean, it's we've talked it, to front office people, and it's like it's strengthening, it's a thing, even though it shouldn't be. It's strengthening but, them, but you think if you think you're winning it, then you're weakening them as at the but same you time. Don't, so. If you're the team trading for Kluber, you understand there's a lot of risk, and that you might not be winning that trade. And I think that's what makes it a little tricky. That's why I can see teams in the division not doing that. Yeah, I suppose. I, it's not your it's, ordinary it's more trade. A, like, like, you could trade Lindor in the division because the other team knows they're getting a stud. Yeah. But, but if I you're mean, trading it's, Kluber, it's, there's, there's, I think there's more it's potential more of a P- outcomes. It, it's more of a PR hit than anything else. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I think it's more of a PR thing. Or you see the, well, we're, we're not trading a, pl- a, t- a player to the Yankees for the Mets. Well, that's freaking stupid. Yeah, that one I've never understood. Or, or even a Yankee Red Sox kind of thing. Oh, well, they're our rivals. We get to... Screw well, that. That one makes sense, though, after the Babe Ruth ordeal. <laughs> I guess it did create a Really? The fun to play? <laughs> uh, yeah. Just make sure you, you hide your voodoo dolls or whatever the, the case may be. What's on the agenda today at the winter meetings? So Terry Francona's under the weather. So he... Or is he? <laughs> or, yeah. Um, I think he's flying home early, and, and there's a manager's brunch going on right now that, well, the Indians have no manager here, so I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> well, let's, let's, be, let's be honest here. Just because a manager is, quote, under the weather, that can mean a couple of different things. It can mean for Tito, the meetings aren't in Vegas this year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but second of all, you know, we had Tito at the, the manager luncheon table last year. And then you remember he had to leave a little early. That's right. And then within 24 hours, they pulled off a trade and they brought back Santana, sent away Yandy Diaz, Edwin Encarnacion, Ooh. brought in Jake Bowers. And you had mentioned who was absent from the, the meeting yesterday with you guys. So it was Chris Antonetti, but I later learned he had a rules committee meeting. Oh, of course he so. did. Uh-huh. <laughs> How convenient. Yeah. <laughs> rules committee, sure. Now, got to go over those rules. Can't have anybody sit in there with, for you. I will say, well, Tito had to he postponed his meeting with the media yesterday because he was under the weather. I don't know. And he, he, had, he had planned to be there today. Uh, you're... Okay, my antenna's up with you. You're right. Uh, this this came in last year. He got a he got a text, and he left very abruptly. He was like, "I gotta go, guys. Uh, it was great to hang out with you guys, but I gotta go." And for the manager, for those that don't know what the manager luncheon is, it's the 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 Wednesday of the winter meetings. All the managers sit at the tables with the the reporters that cover them. And it's all off the record. Nobody's recording anything. It's just kind of shooting the breeze and and talking about life and and sometimes you get some off the record stuff depending on what kind of mood Tito is in. But uh, yeah, it's just a, a normal relaxed sort of thing where you get to eat eat lunch and and have a chat. And yeah, last year he just well left. the main point of it he just though left is before dessert even arrived, he just took <laughs> off. They get the managers together to take a a group photo. So that's. That's like the driving force behind it for Major League Baseball. Um, but it's a brunch this year, so that, that's a new little twist. Um, 
But yeah, it's nothing to report. MLB so on the agenda speak. today is is a lot of nothing. Can't even pay for lunch anymore. Now it's brunch. No, yeah. no more, no more uh, five star meals. Got to bring in uh, French toast sticks and burnt sausage <laughs> patties. <laughs> right. But we'll meet. We'll meet with Antonetti and Chernoff later today, um, and we'll see. I know that those guys have left their suite twice all week. Once was to get lunch at Seasons Fifty Two Grill across the street, and. I think this morning was to grab something to eat in the marketplace downstairs in the, in the hotel lobby. So, yeah, it, it's very rare to see those guys out in the open. But we know you'll be there, and you'll have your binoculars out, maybe your uh, Bill Belichick camera focused on the door, and hopefully you can, you can come away with something. I'm hoping that, uh, that this is this is a fruitful trip for you. Like last year. We shall see. Well, since the mic check is over, so is this podcast. We'll be back to wrap up the winter meetings at some point later this week. But we thank everybody for listening, and we are out of here. See ya. The Selvius Godcast, featuring Zach Meisel and TJ Zuppi, is presented by our supporters at Anchor. To help support the podcast, visit anchor.fm slash Godcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, we sure hope you do, be sure to leave us a five-star review. And if you have suggestions, drop us a DM on Twitter at Godcast. Thanks for listening. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.